All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of A Hundred Books a Year with Kevin. Today, I want to start a new book,、um, kind of like a brand new topic、uh, called the Carnival Code. Right? It talks about the Carnival Diet. I think before we chat a little bit about the low carb diet and today a、uh, Carnival Diet. So, a little bit of a you know、um, setting the parameter for this conversation. I am not a dietitian. I don't have a nutritional、uh, degree. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I don't have hours and hours of research behind me. But I am a guy who is always looking at different options in terms of dieting and find the right one for me. I do believe that I found the right one.、Um, long story, right?、Um, so right now I'm on a plant based diet. So mostly plants. I do eat meat. But、uh, the meat are kind of like eating it as like a treat kind of a situation, right? So,、um, I just want to kind of touch on the other side because Joe Rogan is very very big on car- the the carnival diet, right? Um, I think he tried it out、uh, January of this year, twenty twenty, and、um, re- recently about a month ago,、uh, he had、uh, Doctor Paul Stand Sardino on the podcast, and then. He has a new carnival cold book out, and I was like, "Yeah, I never read a book about carnival diet before." So I bought it, I read it, and I want to share my findings in them. And then towards the end, this is going to be probably like a two day episode. Um, I'm going to share what my view of the carnival diet tomorrow with you guys. Okay, so first of all, we are kind of getting away from the carnival diet as a Society, ever after nineteen seventies, right? Like back in the nineteen seventies, maybe the sixties, maybe the eighties, right? The bodybuilders, the Arnold Schwarzeneggers, right? They are just eating steaks and eggs, right? And the as the time goes on, we kind of deviated away from that, right? We have the plant based, we have the farm to table, we have the、uh, Michael Pollan, who's one of my favorite、uh, nutritional writer, right? Like I read him pretty much religiously. Um, on food, on culture, on you know plant based diet, and I read China study. It, it it's another cross culturally、uh, a nutritional study. So, the trend has been switching away from eating pure meat, and just recently, right, we have a couple of doctors that have a platform, right, um, Pars Paul Star、uh, Paul Sardino, the、uh, author of this book, or. Uh, Joe Rogan, right, just recently switched to carnival, but he hunts, so that makes sense. He have the hundreds of pounds of meat, so in a sense, right, like, what do we mean? Like, what is the benefits of carnival diet? Like, what is the like? Why do we have to switch? Right, like, what makes a person wants to get away from vegetables and do pure meat? And here's the one liner, right, because. Most plants, vegetables, they contain anti nutrients, right? They contain molecules that are difficult to digest, right? Even toxic, you know. And a quick example of that would be the apple seeds contain cyanide, right? So、um, those molecules are going to produce gas, bloat, digestive pain. Yada yada yada, right? So the goal for the carnival diet is to minimizing exposure for inflammatory food, and 
kind of get rid of pain and joints and aches and all that stuff. So think about it like this, right? So whenever you have a, you know, like uh, like a plant, right? Like the only reason that they can avoid themselves being eaten because like a plant cannot move, the plant cannot run away. So the only way that they can do it is they can produce a biological toxin. So what that means is, let's say a giraffe eating uh, some broccoli, right? Um, and what we're gonna have the broccoli for is that the broccoli will be giving them maybe some gas, maybe some discomfort. The giraffe will most likely to be fine, but he will learn that, oh, every single time I eat this kind of broccoli, by the way, I'm not sure if broccoli is the right plant, but you know, just give an example. Every single time I eat this particular type of plant, I got some discomfort in my stomach, so I'm not gonna eat that anymore. So, ta-da, the plant species survives, right? At least from, um, from um, giraffes, right? So that's kind of, kind of like the idea why the plants would do that. So, according to Paul, right, like the author, the ideal selection of food should be out of the nutrient we need to function, most of most in a bioavailable form, and also with the smallest amount of toxins. So he argues that the number three with the smallest amount of uh, toxins is really not being fulfilled by the plant-based diet. And one of the draws for me, that like the reason I'm even buying this book is that I want to have a sustained level of energy, right? Because um, Joe Rogan said that after he got through the two weeks of a uh, diarrhea, right? And uh, what ended up happening is he actually has a sustained level of energy from like 9 a.m. to like 11 p.m. That's what he said. I want that. So that's why I'm kind of looking into this a little bit. So the diet that he's promoting, not Joe Rogan, but Paul Sardiano is a nose-to-tail carnival diet, right? That means eating giblets, that means eating organ, that means eating in intestine that brings down the um, inflammation in the body. So the question is, right, obviously, like what happens to the fiber, like what happens to the microbiome, and what happens to the vitamins, right? So he go into that a little, a little bit more in detail um, in the book. I'm going to cover some of that tomorrow, but today I, I want to start by this argument, right? This a uh, pro um, carnival diet argument is that that's what our Asian humans eat, right? That's how the uh, Homo uh, sapiens or the Homo neanderthals are eating. So here's a uh, you know biological archaeological uh, study, right? So there is this kind of a nitrogen in uh, our body called sigma fifteen or beta, sigma, sigma 15. So that sigma 15 nitrogen can only come from protein, from meat-produced protein. So if, if we test around the herbivores, right, that content is around 3 to 7%, some, something like a leftover from, let's say, um, a certain absorbent from the in, uh, environment, right, 3 to 7%. Carnivores has around six to twelve percent of that particular nitrogen type in their bones, in their fossilized bones, and omnivores, which is us, right? We kind of swing be between you know five to like twelve percent. So 
in a sense, the more of this particular type of nitrogen is present in the fossilized bone, the more meat that they ate, right? So like I was saying, right, like the animal or the mammals that only eat plant leaves, they, are, they will have between three to seven, but the higher the number, the more meat that they eat. So the early human fossils, they've tested, the fossil, the nitrogen number is around 12 to 13 and a half percent. So what that means is 40,000 years ago, human ate mostly meat as a protein source. Now, the carnival code, like what exactly is the code, is that throughout the, uh, our evolution, our ancestors have hunted animals, and uh, we preferably eating animal meat. But if animal meat are rare, we start eating plants. Through the um, age of a scarcity or starvation. So his argument is from this art, uh, from this type of uh, archaeological uh, fact, human was eating meat predominantly. And then when the meat are scarce, like I said, in the winter, they start doing berries and vegetables and all that stuff. So the proof of that, a couple of things, right? The brain size, right? The brain gets bigger, most likely is driven by a pretty much all meat diet, right? From the fossil evidence. And we have high availability of energy stores from, en from animal food, right? When you're eating plants, it's not really not much of an energy source coming from that. And number three is that the superior nutritional content of uh, animal food. So what that means is they can sustain the hunter or gathering society for a longer period of time. So the last thing I want to end you guys with today, like again, if you want something more specific, I'm not trying to convince you guys, I'm just sharing with you guys what I found was interesting. I will encourage you guys to do your own research and all that fun stuff, right? So the last evidence I want to kind of talk with you guys is the pH level in our stomach, right? So human stomachs are actually really, really acidic. It's actually has a pH between 1.5 and 2, right? So the bigger the number, the more basic it is, the, uh, the smaller the number, the more acidic it is, right? So 1.5 is really acidic, right? And if the human uh, stomach is full inside of our body, <laughs> theoretically, it will melt our body through, which is crazy, right? So the reason that we develop such a thing, such a low pH, such an acidic pH, some bio biologists think that we do that because we are trying to digest highly dense nutrient source like meat, right? On the other hand, the chimpanzees, they have a stomach pH between four and a five. Now, it's not like, oh yeah, it's only three uh, three points apart. No, it's not work, work that way. pH values are logarithmic. So what that means is that between like pH of 1.5 and between the pH of 4 to the 5 is actually 1,000 times of the difference of acidity between the chimp's stomach and our stomach because we trying to process animal food where chimpanzee eat almost all plants, right? So I think those are good arguments and I think that makes sense for us, but tomorrow I want to talk about something more specific about the carnival diet and my views on it. All right, guys, if you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.